I think it's time we blow this scene, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, and welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, is the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Bill Botkin. Bill, or should I call you Jet? What's going on? Uh, as according to Alex Marcus, our podcast editor, I do give off a lot of divorced dad energy. Alex, I'm never going to let you live that down ever. As I celebrated my twelfth, my I'm sorry, my eleventh wedding anniversary like two weeks ago. But yeah, man, welcome to the Socially Distance Podcast. We are on episode, dude. Can you believe this? Eighty four. We are. No. Um, we are closing in on the end of season two of this thing. Yeah, and uh, I'm stoked to be talking about uh, Cowboy Bebop this episode, and we are joined by uh, a real jerk. <laughs> really <laughs> so nice. real real a guy who yeah now, listen i know he invited me to his wedding and it was great food yeah. and an open bar that just almost rivaled mine mine was eight hours shots included but um you know he is the least liked person on the poprake.com al i can't believe you've been friends with him this long uh brian demarco welcome back i guess hey 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 what's up <laughs> what's up hold on my cat's in the way well i like your cat better than you already I know. I well, you know, I really needed you there just to park the cars at the wedding, but I guess it was cool that you hung out for a little bit too. But I, I, I uh, those like, fifteen yeah. Jameson and diets really helped. It's <laughs> uh, pretty uh, great when they had to pull you out of there. What's up, cowboys? Happy to be here. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Ryan? I have care. a um, I have a lemon lime seltzer from Stop and Shop uh, <laughs> with a uh, koozie from a wedding that was not mine, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it, guys. Oh, Al, can you save us for what you're drinking? I am drinking a PM Dawn uh, American Stout brewed with cold brew coffee from Trillium Brewery in Boston. This was, I've been saving this for a while. Honestly, saving and or forgetting, kind of the same thing. Uh, that means Al wants to get a little buzzed and like also stay awake for this entire podcast. Yes, I am, uh, you know, got that Thanksgiving flu. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not feeling uh, particularly great. My son got me sick, as usual. He gets oh. me sick every other week. Uh, that mom uh, you hear is someone yeah. making their debut on the socially distanced podcast. I was gonna, I was gonna save her for the book of Boba Fett, which we're gonna start in 2022. No, because she is a a famed Ahsoka Tano. Well, I say famed Ahsoka Tano cosplayer. But unfortunately, our our guest, our guest, scheduled guest, Alicia Weinberger, had to bow out. So we called on a person who Cowboy Bebop, which we're talking about this week, is one of her favorite animes. I podcasted with her on the Bob Culture podcast, mostly about pro wrestling. She is, um, if you know the pro wrestler Thunder Rosa, her promotion mission pro wrestling, she is the general manager of Amanda Rivas. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast. All the way from San Antonio, Texas. Thank you guys so much. It's an honor to be here. I love talking anime. I love talking Star Wars. I am a big geek. Obviously, I was ready for this because this is like my third or actually I have like three Cowboy Bebop shirts and the hoodie. And like, yeah, so this is one of my this is one of my favorite anime. So I'm excited to talk about this, talk about the show, just talk anime with everybody. And and, awesome. what, are you, and what are you drinking tonight? 
Um, so I got some, I, I kind of have this little like coffee subscription club. So uh, it is a bag of coffee called, I think it was like Rising Times, but it's from Guatemala. Like it's a, it's this like co a coffee company is called Java Press. They send you different, like a bag from a different part of the world, like sustainable coffee um, every month. So you can grind your own coffee and just uh, really enjoy it. And so that's kind of one of my little guilty pleasures besides having beer. I had some earlier, otherwise I would have had more. <laughs> I think Alice currently subscribing to that. Right? I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Because yeah. uh, hey, job press, if you want to sponsor this podcast, I would plug it all day at the editor at thepopbreak.com. Hit us up. That's Al. I've talked enough. I'll steer this ship. Um, I'll steer this bebop specifically. Uh, yeah, we are here to talk about the first season. Uh, or yeah, I guess you would call it season, right? The episodes were sessions, which I'm so happy they brought over. And we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit, but this is season one of Cowboy Bebop, the live action Netflix series that has been, you know, kind of out there for a long time. We've been talking about this for a while, years and years. I remember, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into how we were introduced to Cowboy Bebop, but I will spoil that Ryan here introduced me to that show when we were in high school and we at the time remember uh, a Mr. Keanu Reeves was trying to yes. make it a movie yes. for the longest time. And if you ever just YouTube, if you want, if you want to go like, just have a great laugh, just look up Keanu Reeves interviews. But if you want to have an even better laugh, look up an interview where he's talking specifically about trying to make Cowboy Bebop into a movie hilarious um also, but yeah we're also the nicest man alive i have nicest that. human yeah. alive. yeah wonderful man yeah but like again we're here to talk cowboy bebop but i think that's a great place to start was you know this was obviously a a, a acclaimed legendary anime um one of those you know kind of gateway animes that the one that people say watch this and this kind of get you into anime that's what you know ryan did i'm sure it's happened to other people in the past but Let's just talk about like how was everyone first initiated with this. Uh, I will start with Ryan, who is the one who got me into this in the first place. So Ryan, what was your first kind of interactions with the anime? Were you hooked instantly? Like, just give us a little uh, some detail as I go blow my notes. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's gross. Uh, so it was uh, <laughs> is definitely one of the. I, I was always into animes and cartoons as a kid. This Cowboy Bebop kind of found its way into my life. I guess around age 14, 15. Um, and I was hooked instantly. You you see it and you just fall in love with everything, the characters, the world, the lore, the sort of culture it 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 uh it, it brings you into. And uh yeah, no, it, it was I watched all all the 26 episodes. I believe there was a movie, maybe two after, um, but anything cowboy bebop related, um, I was there. I watched all the the reruns all the time. Uh, a friend of mine had the disc sets. We, you know, we would just recycle those back and forth to each other, just going through them, just burning through them until I'm pretty sure the DVD player exploded. So, um, but yeah, no. Uh, so just uh, hooked instantly. What about you, uh, Bill? So that this has been a blind spot of mine for a long time. So, so that was uh, I remember a tsunami um was playing it and i love toonami and i had friends who were huge in anime i remember i i've always been like an outsider looking in on anime like i like dragon ball i watched kenshin i watched 
Trigun and stuff like that. Like, but just because my friends watched it. And I remember always seeing Cowboy Bebop and I'm like, oh yeah, I'd like to really watch this. It's like this noir Western weirdo sci-fi thing. I'm like, I'm into this. And I never saw it. And my friends, like literally when I, I, I did a watch of it finally a few weeks ago, I watched the first five or six episodes and my friends are like, you watch this with us. I'm like, actually I didn't. And I remember when I had Netflix, you know, when they sent you DVDs, that was in my queue forever, like the series and the movie. So I never got to see it until I saw you and I, Al, you, you sent it to me. Um, You're like, Hey, guess what? It was the geek end or something like that. Netflix had a big social media push for a lot of stuff. The dum dum. Was it their like event? Yes. Was it their big event? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, Hey, 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 guess what? Look at this opening. And I watched those. It's like, uh, yeah, I got to go start watching this. I watched the first Mm -hmm. six episodes of the anime and I was like, uh, life got in the way. I couldn't finish, but I was like, yeah, I'm in, this is, this is what I've, this is for me. This anime is for me. Cause there's a lot of anime out there. I've watched. I'm like, ah, this isn't my jam, but this one I'm like, it hit, it ticked all the boxes for a guy, riching love, a caper loving son of a bitch like me. So Amanda, you are literally wearing Cowboy Bebop shirt. If 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 you could, you'd be wearing all three of them at this time. What? Um, how did you first get and you know indoctrinated into all things Bebop? My long term ex boyfriend in high school was really into anime, really into. So when we started dating, he would show me. We'd go and we just watch. He just have anime on all the time. That's all we we watch. So. Um, I even remember when One Piece of like Naruto started and all of this, like a thousand, you know, One Piece is what a thousand episodes now. So, I mean, just so, you know, um, even watching, you know, Trigun, Kenshin was what got me in initially. That was my gateway. And then um, my ex-boyfriend's brother was like, have you seen Cowboy Bebop? And he went, Cowboy Bebop? What is this? Like, there's another, he's like, yeah, just, just watch it. First couple episodes. I was hooked. And what I love about Cowboy Bebop is not only is it visual, visually stunning, the soundtrack right off the bat, just, just so unique. The soundtrack is amazing. I'm not going to lie. I listen to it when I work out. <laughs> Sometimes it's in my rotation because it's so good. And actually my GM music when I come out for Mission Pro is, t- is to a uh, tank. So <laughs> I love the soundtrack. It's so good. Um, and what I really liked was just, it was such a different vibe from, sometimes I feel like anime even now can be tailored towards a much younger audience. Um, and I like that Cowboy Bebop was a little bit more adult humored and a little bit more, um, more universal. It was just a really, it's just a really beautifully done, well-written, you know, the stories, each story is unique. So I just, I really fell in love with it. And I mean, it's one of my top two favorites of all time. It's the first anime I recommend to people all the time if they've never watched it. I'm like, watch Cowboy Bebop. It's, it's just there's nothing that's ever, nothing that's ever been like it since. To be honest, it's just it's a standalone beautiful piece. It's interesting because like this, I like for non-anime fans, I would say yeah, try this one first because mm-hmm. it's the most akin to like non-anime like type of style. You could see this in a, a normal movie type deal, like. You know, it's not like this weird, it's not like saying like, here's uh, Attack on Titan, watch this, mm-hmm. you know, where giants are skinning each other alive and shit, you know, or and Evangelion. It's just like, all the time, <laughs> inducing, which it's good. Attack mm-hmm. on Titan is good, but it's just. It's yeah, just, it's a lot for a first timer. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I was, when I was growing up, I wasn't a fan of anime, but I was, I, I guess I was, but, I, you know, the things that I loved at the time were 
Pokemon and yeah. and Dragon Ball Z and any 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 basically any offshoot of Pokemon. So it was like Digimon. Remember Monster Rancher? That was a thing. Oh yeah. 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 Like any any like like wannabe of Yu-Gi-Oh! Any like wannabe Pokemon thing. So it was weird that I never really kind of like continued um with anime. I guess I grew grew out of it or whatever. But when Ryan showed me Cowboy Bebop uh all those years ago, I think for me personally, the reason why I was so like I was like jazzed about it was because of like all the Western influences. Like it really feels like an American show <laughs> that's not made in America, right? Like, you know, there's the, the jazz elements and the Western motif and, you know, it just feels so different than anything I had watched before. It didn't feel as, you know, you know, it didn't feel like anime in that sense, you know? And Al, even to piggyback off that, the dub most of the time the english dubs for animes are yeah watch them subtitled because the dubs are terrible yes i would be bought by actually find myself enjoying the english dub mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably gonna get backlash for this but the english dub better than the subtitled or the sub yeah. the original and that's rare but but that goes off the american or like the westernized vibe that it mm-hmm. yeah that you brought up i don't even notice it like yeah like uh, that's the thing it's like yeah like, i think you're, you're perfectly like it's good it's a good dub right um it, they, they take i think they realize like wow this is a very good show we should take care of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's not make it a piece of shit and wait also isn't the voice of spike the voice of the toonami guy i know uh, he's the me- voice of zeb in rebels star wars rebels. okay ryan uh, am i right here yeah, and I, I think Wolverine in certain renditions of, of X-Men, too. Um, there you go. I'm trying to get his name. I forget his name. Oh, um, Steve Bloom. Steve, Steve, yes. Steve Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. Bloom. Steve Bloom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the signature thing with, yeah, is like you said, the Western motif. The, and I you picked it up uh, before there. Man, with the, the, the music, just like that jazz noir blend. It's just done so eloquently and just so powerful. There's nothing else like it. Yeah, also like the Punch and Judy, like the the gun, like the at the is almost kind of making fun of it a little bit because that is like yeah. it's like it's just like it's really on the nose of just like here's corny American shit and here's yeah. just like so it's just like <laughs> let's make fun of that a little bit which you know listen I'm okay with making fun and of the it. thing Americans love it they're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like, it's on point. We got it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I, I really, I really feel like when you watch Cowboy Bebop, you get a complete journey in terms of emotion. You get the humor, you get the the drama, you get the excitement and the happiness. Like you really go like a full circle arc of emotions. And that's for me something I love about anime is, and even watching something like uh, the new Demon Slayer movie, for instance. Yeah. You get that whole. I feel like sometimes that's such a, a thing that's lacking in films now. It's just the whole journey of like, you know, all these different emotions. And I feel like Cowboy Bebop really captures that as well. So it's something I particularly love about it. And I love about anime in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but now let's, let's start kind of getting into the live action of it all. Right. So we knew, you know, like I said, we knew kind of going in who was involved, you know, John Cho being cast as Spike Spiegel. I think a lot of people were not hesitant because there was like, it's like a weird balance of we love John Cho. Like he's just like universally beloved. And then people have these expectation of like what and who Spike Spiegel is. And it's just, um, you know, 
there's an obvious kind of age gap, but is there really, I don't know. Um, Let's just talk about kind of pre going into seeing any footage. What were your expectations? This can be kind of a lightning round kind of thing, but I'll start with Amanda expectations going in for a live action, specifically Netflix doing this. So I'm going to be honest. Um, Usually my expectations for live action animes are low. (laughs) Um, because it's really hard to translate and capture what makes that that anime so unique or it's not like the anime like you know I love the Kinshin movies I think they're 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 well done but it doesn't for example doesn't give me the vibe that the Kinshin the, the 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 show or the anime gave me you don't get the lovable kind of goof Kinshin um you get more of the Batosai feel of Kinshin in the movies and so um same thing with Bleach you know um so and even now I'm kind of on the fence with like One Piece and Yu Yu Hakusho and some of the others that they are announcing. Um, you know, so I was really kind of like, ooh, with Cowboy Bebop, just the whole, I was like, oh, this is such a beloved anime that it just, I was, I was on the fence about it until I started getting more news and kind of hearing more. And, you know, I think Netflix was very smart with their marketing, I think, to try to reassure people. <laughs> that made me feel better, but I'll be honest, mine were a little low. Yeah, and they um and they had they burned people in the past or to burn fans in the past. I know uh, there's a big big following for the the series Death Note, oh. and they made a Death Note movie with a, a very very great director, and apparently it was very bad, and a good cast. I, yeah, and apparently it was very bad. So I mean, I could see people being very hesitant and having low expectations. Uh, Rye. As as a as the guy who got me into it, what what were your kind of expectations going in? Pretty on par with what what's been said so far. Just like not, I mean, like as you as you said earlier, it's been over a decade of people just rumoring it. So like as it as it was, you know, it got the the green light. You're still just like really like are we like what 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 is uh what, what can they possibly how can they possibly tap into this into this whole just giant that uh i will say netflix obviously the production value is always very good on shows they have a ton of money and <laughs> if they're gonna make outer space look awesome uh, you know they can do it um i was i was very i was i don't want to say fully skeptical but i was not 100 percent on board when they when they said it i was very very scared <laughs> and then Bill, as someone kind of going into it, fresh eyes, you know, you'd only watched a, a handful of the episodes. Um, that was, that was a month ago. So I, I know didn't see anything of it. So yeah, you understand like, I was stoked. Cause I'm like, Roldy is going to be this character. And I'm just like, let's, let's do it. Because I, I think John show is severely underrated as an, as a, as a very talented actor who can just bounce from genre to genre. We know him, you know, Harold and Kumar is where a lot of us first met him as like a full, you know, like a full-fledged star. And so he's done comedy and we know he could do comedy pretty well. And he's, he's done, you know, we saw him in Star Trek or like, oh, he could do sci-fi. He can do action. And um, there was another movie. I'm trying to find it that he did. That was. Um, he just uh, did one with the, it was like um, sort of like something like that. Like he was like in a, like a searching, uh, searching. Yeah. So it's searching is a movie where it's basically like he's trying to find his daughter 
okay. who's gone missing is using her social media and try to like go through email and stuff like that. It's a more of a dramatic thriller type. And it's a very interesting film that's done like basically through like FaceTime. Um, and it's a dramatic role. And he's very good in that. He's done stuff in like Sleepy Hollow, the Fox series. He was like, he was like a ghost for part of it. Like, like by the way, we interviewed the whole cast of Sleepy Hollow on thepopbreak.com. Go check that inter- those interviews out. Uh, not that you probably will, but I just got to plug it. Um, but yeah, so I'm just like, this isn't, and, and then you hear he breaks his like clavicle doing stunts. And I'm just like, and now I want to see it more because this guy is so locked into it. Committed, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I have to see this show. And it's, like I said, it's an anime that I always wanted to watch and never got to see it. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, let's like John show. I haven't seen any, I even watched the premiere of that show selfie he did with Karen Gillan from Doctor Who, which by the way, was not terrible, but they canceled after one episode. Um, uh, And it's a fun, it was like, he's always been good in stuff I've seen. So I'm like, yeah, I want to see what he can do with this. And I was excited for it. And then I saw that opening and I'm like, Oh God, this is appointment viewing. Let's do a podcast about this. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, let's get right into it. So first, first episode, everyone clicks on to their Netflix or their parents' Netflix or their aunt's Netflix or their friend's Netflix. And they put on Cowboy Bebop. I don't think anticipation could be any higher. Um, first thoughts, first like initial feelings, just from watching the first episode, getting to meet, you know, a majority of the cast. We 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 get a little addition added very very late, all the way at the end. Um, but yeah, what was uh, everyone's just initial thoughts uh, watching that that first episode? Um, I'll start with Amanda again. Um, I, and I'm sorry about that. That is my dog being kind of ridiculous right now. Stop. No we, <laughs> we all have them or cat <laughs> or, or a child who will pop into the episode. Yeah. Mine, yeah. let's see if mine stays asleep. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> he might make an appearance too, but, um, I, I actually really, what my first impression was, I really appreciated the attention to detail and how much they tried to capture the spirit of the anime from everything from the intro to you know, just the overall look of the episode to the dialogue. I really think they probably out of all of the live adaptations of any show I've seen or any anime, I felt like this really, I really appreciated that they really tried to capture the heart of, you know, what makes Cowboy Bebop so unique. So visually it was standing right off the bat. I still popped for the intro because I was like, I appreciated that they did, they, they, they just, they they recreated that they didn't they didn't have to do that and I it was those attention to details that I I really enjoyed. Um, again, I, I like the chemistry right off the bat with John Cho and it was Mustafa Shakir. If I'm saying his last name correctly, but Jet so. um, Mustafa Shakir, yeah, yeah, loved the chemistry right off the bat. Mustafa impressed the heck out of me. He's my favorite. I love him as Jet. Nailed it. That was my first thought. I was like, this guy is Jet. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it definitely, even the, I thought the fight scenes were interesting right off the bat too. Um, I was kind of, and I'm curious to see what y'all, what y'all thought about the, some of the, the fight scenes, because um, I felt they were a little, I liked them. I liked the hand to hand kind of style combat, but I also thought it was kind of, I know I felt like they were trying too hard to recreate the fight scenes in an anime and it's hard to, to do that, like slow everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, without 
it looking unnatural. It looks unnatural a little bit sometimes. So I think some, sometimes it's fine to just let it flow and then maybe slow it down here and there. But I felt like sometimes they tried a little too hard, but I, I appreciated that they still did. We got some good fight scenes right off the bat. Um, and I just, I just dug, I still, I, John Cho did an amazing job for me as Spike. I know people were all over him because of his age. Um, cause I, I mean, you hear people say, oh, well, Spike was like 20 something. And I'm like, was he really though? They never really said his age. Um, John Cho but, was surprisingly almost 50 and I could not yeah. believe that he, I, I think he looks younger than me. You could have told me he was 35 and I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. You could have told me he was 29 and I would have believed I it. I mean, he yeah. looks incredible and he just so nails it. He gets the Spike vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the, the look and the hair. I'm not going <laughs> to This hair. <laughs> I'm like, please don't cut. John Cho, don't cut it. Don't cut it. <laughs> Just leave. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna say it here. I simped. I simped for John Cho. In wow. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh hello there. Um, that hair, man. I. I just. Um, you know, I. I. There were things I definitely loved about it, and then there were things that I'm like, okay, they could have. They're trying a little too hard. So I was. Mm-hmm. But I still overall feel like it was from the first episode. I, I was really pleased with it. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the the fighting because I, I think. I was going to go into a little detail about that with my explanation because I, Ryan and I hung out the other day and I, we were talking about this a little bit, probably should have saved it for the pod, but I was saying that I thought the fighting felt odd at times. And I think it, you nailed the exact reasoning for that is because they were trying to translate the same style from the anime. And I, th- and I told Ryan, I said specifically because when the trailer came out, and they did that little short film too to kind of tease people as well. Everyone was comparing this to, including myself. I'm like, this really reminds me of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. One of my favorite movies ever. Right. And I, I said to Ryan, when I was talking, I'm like, they should have leaned into that 100%. They should have, you know, when you see the, the, the kicks and, 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 and the, the, you know, hand to hand combat, we should be seeing like visualizations. I think that would have translated a little more. I think it would have just, they would have leaned even further into it. I think they lean into it like mostly like in the opening credit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they, it's don't like they, do put- it, they don't, they don't do it as much. Maybe they just want to make it more subtle, but I get, I understand what you're saying. No, yeah, I completely agree. It's yeah. It's a little, yeah. I, I almost, I almost like- wish they leaned into it more. I just like, I think that would have, I think people, I think, I think regardless, you're like, you're never going to make any, everyone happy. But I think for the people who were saying like, oh, the fighting is, you know, it's not good or this isn't working. I think they needed to maybe add their own little visual style. They really haven't. Right. It just feels something's missing there. And I think that would make the transition a little better. But again, it is a live action adaptation. They're trying to make this as realistic as possible. So maybe that's not the way they want to go. And we kind of have to just deal with it. But definitely, I would like to see maybe better fight choreography. I think, I think, or editing. Something to make it a little fast paced. And if they're going to slow it down, slow it down, make it kind of cool. But it just, it's, it's something felt a little off there. I, I know we're not delving in further into the series yet, but they almost matter, had we it. have no format ever. Well, we have no format. They almost had it, I felt like, in the fight scene with between Spike and Hakeem. I felt like mm. it was probably one of the better fight scenes because it was a little bit more organic. It felt natural. And then they added the 
the pauses at the right moments. Mm-hmm. I think if they had left it, they, they, they nailed it there. And I was like, if they had done that through the whole series or through the, the rest of the fights, that could have worked. Agreed. And I even think, uh, if, you know, going a little very later, but when we get the flashback episode, uh, you know, the kind of the history of, of why um, him and spoilers, uh, Vicious and Fearless are, you know, at odds, let's just say, when they have that um, one that's not really a one at all, but you're seeing um, Fearless just go ham on all of these, um, I guess they were syndicate members or whatever. Um, maybe not that was really cool. And that was a, like, that was a choice and they made a really good choice there of like, Oh, we're, this is how we're going to film that. I wish I got a lot more of that out of the series and we could, we could branch off into past the first episode, but Rye, Bill, what, um, what were your thoughts after the first episode? Uh, Ryan, I want to hear your thoughts because I know you're more of a a harsher critic um, than Bill since you're, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. you mean by that but my thoughts were um I feel going, going, uh, that, that first episode yeah uh, i mean i'm not that harsh of a critic but i will say uh i didn't like the first scene uh it, it was it was it was a little too awkward for me I, I i appreciated here's what i liked i liked that they were i won't say i didn't like it but it was it was it was uh I appreciate their stance on it. They're very, their bold approach. They're like, Hey, we're doing this. This is all, you know, the, the, like I said, the production, the production, like approach presentation is flawless. Um, there's just, uh, there's just some issues with, there was just some issues with the, with the editing, the choreography, I'm sorry, the choreographing, the fight scenes, um, the action and, and sort of the, delivery of some lines I thought was just was just kind of awkward that would really be my biggest complaint it was just some awkward approaches some unorthodox storytelling techniques that um it didn't really it didn't really flow with me and I won't say it was bad because it was you know it, it the show as it, as it goes on it gets better like they definitely I don't know if the first episode is the first episode they filmed but you could have told me that. And I'd be like, I totally get it. There are just yeah. some awkward, I don't know, just, just gyrations. They're just not like, it's not all gelling. It like a lot of parts were, but like some, 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 uh, some things worked, some things didn't. But as it gets on, as Amanda pointed out, uh, the, the fight scenes get a lot better. Like the one, when it, when it like does things right, it's, it rocks. It's great. And like, there's, there's, it's genuinely a fun experience. Some, just some things it just kind of like rubs you the wrong way. And like, uh, if I, if I can just, uh, just put it like that, it just, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't count it against them. I, I, I love that they're swinging, they're swinging for the fence all the time. And it's, I, I, I dig that. Yeah. This opening scene, I actually watched before I went to work and I remember watching it just that scene. And I was like, I don't, like this at all i was like this is bad like bad fight sequences when they start doing the hand fighting a little bit i was just like oh my god this does not look good i thought all the stuff like all the speeches like from the the whatever the nameless villain i was like god it's damn so this, yeah <laughs> this is so generic and screamy and bad and then i watched i re-watched it later like i went back and i watched the first, i watched the whole episode i'm like 
I, I, I felt different on a second watch around, but it feels like Ryan, like how you were saying, it feels like a pilot episode of a television yeah. show where you're like, it has a singular thing and then it becomes what it's supposed to be from episode yeah. two on. Uh, even the the graphics, like even the effects, like when when Jet goes through the ceiling, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, that's yeah. some like Carta '95 CD-ROM bullshit right there. That's <laughs> awful. Like it wasn't good. I'm like, and unnecessary. You didn't really have to add effects there. Mm. But once you got past it, I think it really worked because what this show becomes, and it really is, it's a hangout show. You love hanging out in this world, especially on the Bebop with Jet and. Um, with uh, with her with her hero okay. Spike, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, you just like Spike and Jet are just great together, and then you throw a Faye in there, and it's awesome. You know, it's like wow, this is a real fun vibe. I like hanging out with the show, and that's what you get, and that's where it goes from there. And I think it really finds its footing in episode two, and then goes from there. Like, yeah, it, this felt like it was a pilot for like, hey, we're on HBO. Here's a pilot episode. Okay, now you've ordered it to series. It's going to be a little different now. And that's yeah. how I felt like this first episode really was. And uh, especially, and I think it was really embodied by that uh, opening sequence. Not bad for I, a lot. Of I would say too, even like, I didn't find myself particularly enjoying the first three episodes. Like, oh, I disagree, but. Well, like, as it, like, definitely as it picks up um, into, like, the third, the third, fourth, fifth, set, like, I was, I was really loving, like, the middle of the season. Um, the spoilers, I didn't finish the season, but uh, the first, the first few episodes, I, I suck, I know, the first few episodes are, like no one likes you. I know, I know. I, I just, I, what can I do? I hate myself, but, you know. Uh, Therapy's great, don't worry about it. I don't know. No. <laughs> I lost my thought. I lost my thought. Take over. Oh, I will. Oh. Well, I'll, I'll I jump. Mean, I agree, Ryan. It's just like it takes it takes time to find its footing. And it's hard when you have a 26 episode series that is so entrenched in like it's built on like character and interpersonal relationships. You got to build that somehow. Yeah. So it's going to be rough. And despite the fact I always say I hate you, I do love you. (laughs) When I say thank you, I mean I love you. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, I I I was thinking too that you know Bill brought up a really good point. You have 26 episodes in the first and the the original series, and you you've got 10 you're working with here. And who's to say you know the the I I feel like there's gonna be a second season, but you just you just don't you never know you know. Um, So it's kind of like they have to walk that fine line between trying to get as much content in making everybody happy what if we get a second season what if we don't kind of um and trying to keep this i think different too from the from the anime but um for me i i kind of struggled a little bit with kind of the 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 lack of substance in the villains going forward because i mean they brought in what i loved so so what i thought was really really positive was I liked, again, some of the villains, the iconic villains they brought in from the show. I mean, you had I, Hakeem, you had Teddy, um, you had uh, even the the eco-terrorists, right? Yeah. Um, you had them. And I, for me, what made the anime unique was each bounty had its own story. And it was like a little mini fleshed out story. Whereas I felt like here in the show, because you have a shorter run um, and you don't know what's going on or what what's happening, 
you have to, I felt like they kind of mixed a lot of the stories up and it lost that. Um, like I wanted to see more Teddy. <laughs> like he was great. His episode was great in the anime. I was like, where's Andy? I was like, where's Cowboy Andy? Right. Um, and just, just, um, and even with Hakeem's episode, like his, you know, I just, I wanted more and I felt like they were trying to, you know, some of that got lost because you have a shorter time frame to, to work with. Too. No, they, they, they Netflix it. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pose this question to you guys because you know now I got to take over and be the dad of the podcast. Is <laughs> do you think they sacrificed? No. So we got more of the vicious storyline now from the first five or six episodes I watched. The, the vicious storyline was kept to one episode. Of course, it could have been kept. It could have spread further. But do you think some of the villain of the episode? Uh, for example, were sacrificed for the overarching narrative of Vicious, the syndicate, um, mm-hmm. his, you know, is it, what's the, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the uh, Vicious's wife's name? that everyone, Julia. 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 I was going to say yeah. Joanna. I'm like, I know that's wrong. Oh, Joanna. Joanna. <laughs> so listen, guys. It's Mara been, Petty Sue. There's yeah. been a half a yeah. pint of whiskey that's already there's been alive. We got, got a thing going on. But yeah, so do you think that, sacrificing a little bit of the iconic villains like Hakeem and Teddy um, for the sake of this newer, fuller, overarching narrative. Are you okay with that? Uh, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. Do you think it's okay? (laughs) You see my faces. I'm making faces over here. No, I didn't Um, look. I was actually looking at myself because I'm a pain (laughs) son of a bitch. So, but I also didn't (laughs) want to get the reaction. Like, all right, I don't want to know. I don't want to know ahead of time. So what do you think? Uh, It's great for an audio podcast. We're talking about video. Um, Yeah. Everyone's going to get a kick out of the facials I was making while you're asking the questions. Of course. Everyone, (laughs) everyone is, what's on our Patreon? Um, But I should make a Patreon that no one will subscribe to. But it is it. Yeah, Alex, that's a that's a joke from another podcast though, uh, that <laughs> I do. Uh, is uh, so were you okay with a little bit of the sacrificing of the villains for this kind of more fleshed out vicious and uh, Julia storyline? So I'm kind of a mixed because I was okay with it for vicious in a way, um, a little bit more so than Julia because. What I liked about Julia in the anime was she had that element of mystery and intrigue and you knew a little bit of her backstory, but you just, you didn't really know kind of where she, where she was, where, what happened to her? What's going on? You know, is she dead? Is she alive? Like I liked that intrigue about her and I felt like fleshing out her storyline took that mystique away from her. And I, I really, she's probably my least favorite character in the show because she lost that mystique for me um I just I didn't like I just I I felt like you know what I really would have preferred the villains more than you know more Julia it kind of got a little soap opera-ish and that's what I I I thought the anime did a walk that nice fine line of we'll give you that We'll give you a little bit of the drama, the backstory. You get invested again in Spike. You get invested, you know, in his relationship with Julia and what's going on. But again, what made the show unique to me was the different villains. Right. And, you know, it helped you really root for when you got to that point in Spike's story. You really were behind him because you saw him and, the, and, and Bebop, the Bebop team, like, face all these different villains and grow together and, and form that camaraderie. And I felt like that was sacrificed. You missed that camaraderie that team building that came with fighting each 
villain in each episode. Cool. I do have a thought as a non, not someone who watched it. So I'm going to come back to that. Ryan, your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel very similar. Again, I didn't finish out the season, but just just based on 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 seeing four fifths of the season, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I had this. <laughs> I, I said the same thing. Uh, I I liked the the mysterious sort of abyss that was Julia on the show because you didn't you didn't see her. You saw her little blips throughout the throughout the 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 story. Um, they, they kind of replaced it with more screen time, less substance in some ways. I don't know. Uh, it, it was kind of a weird trade-off for me um, in, in some ways with, with with trying to flesh her out more or just give her this new kind of stance. The show did a – I appreciated what it tried to do where it tried to, to stay, uh, you know, faithful to the material but then also branch out on its own um in that regard not so much uh, the villains yeah they sort of were i, I think some, some of them were shortchanged i thought uh asimov in the first episode even though it was kind of pretty close to the to the episode there was something well, missing yeah. there right yeah it was pretty close um but so, some of the villains yeah it, it was sort of resolved or, or just kind of told in, in a in a in a Netflixy way, just sort of just leaning towards a shorter, more concise story. Um, so yeah, mixed feelings. Am I, does it kill it for me? No, because you have, you have Cowboy Bebop, the, the original, the anime. So like that lives on its own. This is a new iteration of it. So I'm fine. I'm fine. How they, how they're going about it this time around. My answer is like kind of probably branch off to 10 different questions talking points but cool. for me it did um i thought the hakeem episode they could have done more with but i like the eco-terrorist episode they did clip a lot of that because they kind of the whole casino stuff they kind of like merged from the episode one they merged into they took from that from that uh episode in the anime and made that thing so i was like okay it's fine but i like i i know why they did it because Cowboy Bebop, the, the anime, was kind of like, okay, we now have, it's just all these random episodes of them hunting, you know, just doing bounties and Netflix or whomever was like, we have to have an overarching storyline. It's kind of like Doctor Who in a lot of ways, where it's just like, here is, we've introduced um, the, <laughs> the villain for the season, but we're now going to have all these random adventures. We'll get to the villain later. Don't worry. It'll happen. And then yep. you do. And it pays off. And sometimes the payoff is not earned as much as it should be, unless you're watching the final season of Peter Capaldi. And that was very good. Uh, although people stop watching because they're all like, he's not Matt Smith. But, you know, come on, guys. Get into that third season with Bill. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I see what you guys are saying because it's just like we we have this mystery about it and now it's so fleshed out and that it's a damned and Mike Dworkis who reviewed the uh, first couple episodes on the site you, you heard Mike on the what if series this anime much like any adaptation is a damned if you do damned if you don't type of deal we talked about this with Star Wars and other things too it's like if you stay too close to the series, the source material. People get a little like, you're not creative. You're not inventive. Ugh, it's a regurgitation of everything. 
But if you go too far away from it, you're start doing, oh, they strayed from everything. What are they doing? They're ruining the lore. They're ruining everything. This season, this, one thing about this series, it was screwed from the jump because it was never going to appease people because it was going to either go one way or the other. And they decided we're going to make the vicious storyline, which as seeing the anime for the first time, I'm like, why wasn't this the over? I thought I'm like, why isn't this the overarching uh, story for the series? Um, th- they did that. And so I was okay with it. Um, I would have liked to seen a little bit more than just a villain of a week plot, but you know, it happens. So, uh, Al, now that you're, uh, I see what you said here. Uh, what is, uh, what's your thoughts on, uh, the more of the Julia storyline being the overarching narrative and kind of cutting into the, uh, very rich villains that we've had in the original series. I don't know if he's actually back to answer that. Sorry, I don't think I was muted. I don't think you can have it both ways, right? Like, so the original anime, you know, obviously there's there was like an overarching storyline, but at the same time, it was, what, 24 episodes, two seasons. Like, it, it had that kind of villain of the week thing, right? And, you know, Netflix doesn't have the budget to make a 24-episode adaptation of a, of a season of TV, right? And, well, they, I mean, you're going to sacrifice quality and, quant, you know, quality for uh, quantity look at the cw shows like that's what you're going to get right and you know sometimes they can make really great episodes but at the same time something is going to fall and that could be the effects or whatever but so i felt that with this they basically said all right well we'll give you you know we'll give you 10 or so right it's 10 okay. 10 episodes and we'll give you 10 to tell to to faithfully adapt you know a season of this show so it's like all right let's pick and choose both villains like fan favorite villains but at the same time what doesn't cost a ton <laughs> what can we do on the cheap um and i i think they did a good job of not showing that but you can see where they made those choices uh it makes total sense um i don't know if i missed talking about i don't know how like beautiful the show is in terms of like the aesthetic I, I would love to, to talk a little bit about that if we're up to that point, but like I was so blown away by the attention to detail um, and then just how creative they got of like, all right, well, what would a, you know, we've never seen this before. What would this look like in the lens of Cowboy Bebop, but in live action? I just thought that they really nailed that. Um, and the characters, right? Like we're, you know, we have um, an, an African-American actor playing Jet, um, actually never seen the girl who's playing um, um, Faye. Faye before. I've never seen her before. She's, she's world. Jurassic World. She's the vet, the the, the vet girl in Jurassic oh World. God. Yep. All right. Maybe because I wiped Jurassic World out of my consciousness. <laughs> the first one isn't bad. It's not. <laughs> it's not good she's It's not she's Jurassic Park three. But it's like it's a movie. Like it's just. Like, yeah, it's it's just, it, is, it is a movie, Al. It is a movie. It's, it's a just, like, it's just like I don't know. It's like a, the definition of like a, I guess a a, a popcorn movie. But anyway, um, yeah. I just, I was just so the the way that they brought the world to life. Um, I I think they they did such a great good job for it. For like, again, it does feel like a Netflix show, as Ryan has said it before. But at the same time, it's like 
we're still getting like what would live action Cowboy Bebop look like. And I, I think they kind of nailed that in the visuals. Um, I agree what, with that, Al, for sure. Yeah. To piggyback off that, just even the the little bounty hunter show. Yeah, perfect. That was perfect. That was sheer perfection. That was probably my mm-hmm. favorite detail. Yeah, um, they got the um, they got their like um, not even the mannerisms, but like the chemistry between those two hosts. <laughs> like they nailed it. <laughs> um, what else, Amanda? What else did you um? I guess what else did you like about it? And we can talk a little bit about the characters too. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to totally interrupt you. I was like, you're you brought up the attention to detail point, and I was. Yeah. I was like, I a thousand and ten percent agree with you yeah. there, and that that detail was what popped in my mind because it was visually stunning the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that show piece, just for me, really drove the point home that they really tried to bring the cowboy be- the the spirit of cowboy bebop in um, with the characters too. I would I think for me, I really liked the attention to detail, like in Jet's costumes. Uh, yeah. so even with phase even though it was a different costume i would have liked to have seen her iconic costume like once i i kind of miss that the little like the it would uh, it would have been cool i think the way to do that would have been like do you guys have any clothes on the ship and she puts it on she's like what the fuck is this yes (laughs) like i think that would have been funny it would have pissed so many people off this is true I know, and that's why like, fuck those people. <laughs> well, I guess we're talking about her because I, 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 to me, I felt like she was the most controversial mm-hmm. in terms of casting. I heard probably more about her casting than anybody else. Like a lot mm-hmm. of very negative um, feedback about her because Faye is such an iconic character. I heard a lot of feedback. Oh, she's a terrible actress. She's this. She's that. Probably most really? of the negative. Yeah, there was a lot of really? um, feedback, which I was like, but I, I thought she did a good job of bringing in. Mm-hmm. The feisty Faye, um, yeah. you know that because watching her, she's the feisty. She's the feisty person in Jurassic World. I was like, well, yeah, she did. She's going to nail that, and and um, hopefully we'll get this with the next season. But I also felt like her the kind of the tender scenes where Faye is finding out who she is. Mm-hmm. I feel like she nailed bringing that vulnerability. Sure. You got a taste of it. And I'm like, I can't wait to see as that storyline for her goes on, just how much vulnerability she's going to bring to Faye as well. I think, I think this, the sad thing is, I don't think we'll, you know, I think, I think they made a choice to not bring like the angry, angsty kind of Faye yeah. vibe, because I think, I think a live action adaptation of that would have been like, quote unquote annoying right like too much or like a little like a little over the top right uh, I just don't think it would have translated it well and I think it would have just gave more ammo to the people that are hating on the show right I think what you said was like she kind of nailed all the other aspects of her right but you don't see her like um in like conflict like consistent conflict with Spike or consistent conflict with Jet or literally anyone around her. First couple um, appearances, she was she was conflicty. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, like that's but it's it's in like these small doses, right? We're not getting like just that. Like, I guess anime when they when people get angry, I think of like Vegeta. Like, it just yeah. kind of gets over the top, and I don't think it just would have translated well. And I think they did it a good like small doses. I know it's very odd little thing to pick up. Uh, or at least I pick up picked up on, but I thought she was awesome. Like where people are complaining about Ed, 
there was this viral, there was this clip, literally not even viral. Um, there was like the, the actual end scene said, don't waste your time with Cowboy Bebop. This is your Ed. Like something like that, like very dismissive. And I was like, wait a minute, this is exactly what I thought Ed would be like in live action. Exactly. I'm like, that's a dead on ringer for Ed. On. I mean, like Ed was all over the place. All over the place. Oh, I mean, all over the place, just loud and kind of just, just kind of just going with the flow kind of and her own world and so mm-hmm. i saw that too and i was like but that's how ed is if you watch yeah. the anime like well, we don't like it <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it don't work i could use a little more ein to be honest yeah obviously ein. um because even in hakim's episode you know in the anime they really did a good job of you know kind of building up why ein was so important mm-hmm. um and even just in, in in moments of the anime you got little bits of ein doing things like showing you know signs of, of of course the extreme intelligence you know this little guy has and i mean you saw a little bit of it where you know ein pushed a little button on face console but i'm like mm-hmm. i would like a little more um you know, kind of seeing Ayn interact with everybody. And I know that's probably limited because obviously you can't really, you know, it's, it's hard to train a dog to do those things, I'm yeah, sure. The, do- the dog's name is Harry, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Harry has that range. Um, <laughs> there's a great, for an interview. There's a great uh, blooper reel that the Netflix uh, posted with Harry who plays Ayn, um, you know, not listening and missing its mark and all is really cute. Um, I think we'll get, I hopefully we'll get more eye now that they've introduced Ed and, and already showed that they have a rapport. Uh, I, I hope we get the scene as I posted in our little Facebook chat before of the, i just hopping. I don't know how they'll do it, but it'd be great if I, if I could see that in live action. Um, but yeah, let's, let's go a little bit more into the cast too. Right. So, you know, we talked about John Cho. Um, I think, I think, Suffice to say, he's he's done a pretty good job of adapting Spike. Uh, but I mean, I'd be remiss to like not mention Jet is one hundred percent one of the best cast. I would put him up there in like like fan casting, right? Like I would put him up there with um, with uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Like when they nailed it, they nailed it. Like this is one. His voice is perfect. His a- uh, mannerisms perfect. His attitude perfect. His his kind of disdain for everything perfect. I, I don't know. I just I thought that was uh, the kind of the one thing that blew my mind from the first episode. Uh, you know, Rye. Some of your thoughts about I guess the casting, and I, I guess you can wax more poetic about Jet. Uh, I would say definitely the cast, how they interact and just like the scenes with them together is the, is the show's strongest point Mm -hmm. over the incredible aesthetic, just the landscape and just the, the massive just scope of the show. Um, These three, these three light up the screen really well. They're just like Joe is, I I was skeptical of him. He 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 nailed Spike in so many ways. He's he is Spike. Jet, uh, Mustafa. Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. What is his name? Mustafa Shakir. Mustafa Shakir. My apologies. He is Dead Ringer. Jet. He is. He 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 brings the perfect layer of like buddy cop uh, movie, but like at the same time, he's just 
he's just fed up with Spike's shit and Faye. And he wants to, he, he just wants to be alone. But then at the same time, he wants them to be a family. Faye, at the same time, like as Al covered, she is, um, she's a perfect amount of conflict, but charm, feist, sass, whatever you want to do it. She, the, the three of them really, really make the, the episode go. And it just, it, it, sometimes the dialogue is a little cringy, but like that's not them. It's like they pull off everything, every scene that they're in. The episode where just Faye and, and Spike are just hanging out talking about scars and battle wounds and stuff. Great episode. Uh, yeah. And 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 the same at the same point, Jet is going into his history, and he's he's really he's really embracing Jet as he was on the show in in lots of ways, and and kind of creating his own identity at the same time, which is incredible. I don't know how a person does that. Um, but I, I love the cast, actually. The cast is is really well. They're, they flow incredibly well. They, they are the strongest point in the show, for sure. Yeah, um, it's funny because you mentioned that you weren't really hooked in the first three episodes. I think where it really gets great is that fourth episode, that eco-terrorist one, which probably on paper would be like one of the worst but it was great because you get you really start getting the, the the dynamic between the three of them really really hones in and you're like oh this is what the show's supposed to be right that's and, where it starts to that's where it starts to like yeah really like i think like episodes four through i'm at eight um i think so i mean i, I haven't seen the last two but it's the strongest of the the season. It's really like mm-hmm. everything is flowing pretty well outside of a couple little more awkward moments, but it's it's um it's 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 flown really really well sorry i cut you off go ahead no no that's basically what i was saying i was saying like i think right right when they get together that that scene in the restaurant where faye comes in all bloodied up and (laughs) is like trying oh great thing i ran into you guys like listen i I have no my shit's gone but i'm gonna give you this bounty and you know we'll split it 60 40 60 keeps like like yeah. order. It's like, all right, can't afford that. Just give me the ribs. <laughs> and and the, the 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 running gag of like, can I please kill her? <laughs> like, like I'm like that. This is the show. Like this is what the show needs to be. Um, and that's why I'm like, I I know how they've set it up now and how we're going to get it in the future is this sort of like overarching kind of arc and um you know more about you know, the syndicate and Julia and all that kind of whatever. Great. I don't care. Like, this is the reason I'm coming back to the show is to watch 45 minutes to an hour of these three idiots having fun together. Like, that's what I want. That's what the show is. The three of them really, the last thing I'll say about this, and I'll shut up. Um, they are really good at, at, at cracking jokes, like embracing the comedy of the show. But then, as they said, uh, as, as Amanda mentioned, with like the, uh, the moment where Faye is watching the videotape of her younger self, heartstrings pulled from my chest. That was mm-hmm. the, the, like, there's three moments so far that I've seen each one shining in these incredibly touching emotional moments that are unexpected in lots of ways, almost like they dial it up, but like it, it benefits like the story in so many ways. And it's just, I, I was, I was kind of, I didn't think they had it in them. Like it was, it was, I, I was blown away by that. Yeah, I don't know if you've gotten to this point yet, Ryan, so I don't want to spoil it, but for the, the people who have watched it, Amanda and Bill, I think 
this is this comes up again too in the bowling alley scene. I thought yeah. like that's that. like yeah. like give me more of this. Like I, you know the action's great, whatever. Blah blah blah. Villains. Like I would just want more of this. I want to I want to spend more time with these people. Cowboy Bebop to me was always kind of a hangout show, right? Like I think you know we, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood is a hangout movie. Cowboy Bebop is a hangout show. I want to hang out with these guys. Like that's it. And that that's like a perfect version of it. Do more of that, and the show will be successful. Uh, Bill, any 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 other thoughts about the the cast? Yeah, I mean, what is brilliant about the show is they allow each of the characters to be the dramatic focal point of different episodes. Like mm-hmm. we get the whole thing with Faye, and which we still haven't gotten fully into yet with uh, this con about her being crypto uh, cryo sleep, not crypto sleep, cryo sleep. And this woman who pretended to be her mom and conned her out of all her money. Like, why was she there? What's her backstory? I, and now she's going to go find it. Like it's, it's, it's very intriguing. And then we have the whole thing with her and there's this romance that happens with a mechanic, which is pretty cool. They were just like, it was just like, Oh, maybe we can re- revisit this in season two. Like, you know, Will she, will they ever get together? Because they seem like a lovely couple. You know what I mean? Like, let's make that happen. And then we get Spike. We have like a lot of, you know, especially towards the end of the season, a lot of dramatic episodes with Spike. And I love, love that. It's a random casting note that I will pull out that, um, is it Anna who runs the club? She is the, the she is like one of the coroners coroners on Lord and Order SVU. So like, hey. so it's like to see her not, dissecting okay. bodies or like in a courtroom was pretty cool. Uh, but he, you know, he gets like great scenes with her and there's like all these great dramatic moments with spike, especially when they go to the flashback episode in episode nine that you haven't watched yet. Ryan, you irresponsible son of a gun. Um, nope. Like, and then you get jet the whole thing with him being a dad who has been displaced because, you know, he was screwed by another cop. Like, you know, he's screwed by his partner and which was very telegraphed. Uh, but it was like he was screwed by his partner. Then another cop comes in. He seems like such an asshole, but is actually not a bad guy. And like it's and it's just like everything he wants to do. He wants to be a good dad. And it just like that's his whole modus operandi is like, I need to get money so I can be a good dad and like not lose my daughter to my her stepfather. And, you know, at times it like wavers. So I don't want to give away the ending for Ryan. But like. <laughs> they allow this to happen and it's just like god this is so like at times you're like this is so like gutting to watch and then there there is some resolution to it of course the ending is just the ending and you're like oh and but it it allows everyone to have their dramatic moments but to have the camaraderie the 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 chemistry between john trobe mustafa shakir and daniela pineda who plays faye valentine and of course harry who plays i uh, is you know the most underutilized cast member is wonderful they they really get it they do it and to me when i watched the anime the one thing was that the fake character was just so like anime over the top the way daniela pineda plays it she is over the top but in a way that's like wonderfully endearing yeah absolutely amanda it, yeah amanda save the best for last of course um so I'm going to add my own little fun fact. I geeked out because um, Ryan, have you have you run into my 
yet. I forget that far in the episodes. I think it was. Um, Y'all know who she is, right? Wait, who are you talking about? My, I think my. She's like the at the syndicate, like a kind of one of the two, and they're conspiring to take over with vicious. Yes, 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 yes. That's Topaz from Thor Ragnarok. I didn't watch it. That's famous. I geeked, I geeked out because I, that's my favorite Marvel movie. And I was like, wait, that's Topaz. Yeah, I had really? my moment there. Yeah, I, yeah. So that was my, that was my little fun. I was like, oh, it's her. I was like, she looks really familiar. She looks really familiar. I was like, Topaz. Yeah. That's she does look familiar, but I don't remember the character name in Ragnarok. Yeah, she, she was the one that was like the bodyguard for the Grandmaster. She had like oh yes yes. You mean the prisoners uh, I, with jobs have armed themselves <laughs> to take over that whole? Wait, Bill, you never saw yeah, Ragnarok? God, no, long running thing. I have, I'm it's, gonna watch it. Very annoying. Oh, so good. Yeah, I like had a kid, and I like got way behind on the MCU, and then I stopped watching it. But I know what happens because it's you know there's it's 27 so good. series. I know. Even my wife has seen that movie. Oh, she's watched. She oh, watches that's nothing. like ultimate dog shame that your wife has seen something because she watches nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it, it was now a you have to now you have to watch it. But you know, I really just I love the chemistry between everybody said it here. I I echo that the chemistry between you know our main our main trio here. Well, even trio and a half because again I could use more Ein because he's so cute. Um, but. I just, I love that chemistry. That's what made Cowboy Bebop so special. Um, just the, I, I really, to me, I feel like Jet's arc so far has been handled, the, the uh, even though it was short, it was handled really, really well. Definitely. Um, it was, you know, and, and Mustafa, man, he just, he tugs at your heartstrings. And he's the perfect blend of comedy. Just the whole spot where he's watching his daughter's recital and, you know, Spike is there. Just that comedic. <laughs> That was Moment. brilliant. That was brilliant. That was he brings good. the comedy and the drama. He's such a well-rounded, like I'm I'm looking for more stuff that Mustafa has been in because I want to see more of his acting now. He made me want to go follow, find find out more about him because he's such his he did such a, a great job um with as Jet. But just the, the chemistry between the three, it's just it's so special. And I definitely want more of that to echo what you said, Al. Just just bring me more of, of that. Um and so it's just, yeah, it, it, that's my favorite part of the show. And it's just, again, when you have the moments where the three of them are together and they're, they're talking or they're just kind of, um, you know, they, you can tell there's just a genuine like too between the three actors and that, that, that carries over. That relationship is important because if you have three people who don't like each other, it's never going to work. But I mean, you can tell not like either one of those guys, they're all perfect. Yeah, it's like how we don't like you on this podcast. I know. Uh, I know. What am I doing here? What am I? Everybody hates. You're the Ed. Um, <laughs> oh, can I drop a, can I drop a hot take of a cast so, of a cast so like, at least physically that just didn't connect with me? I was not into the vicious, the actor playing vicious. Me neither. Thank you. I can I couldn't get into vicious or Julia. I couldn't. Get I, into- I could get into more, especially towards the end. But vicious, like yeah. especially the last episode. But yeah. vicious, I there was something about him that just screamed like Game of Thrones villain season two. You know, like minor- he needed to be more like defined. Like not. I, it's like such a, a weird. He seemed like an anime character more than a, than an actual character. No, I just I feel like he needed to be more like had more dis distinctive look to him he didn't like strike fear in me he was just kind of like well, a he was, guy 
he does have a weird face, but you know, he's wow. just like, there's just something just, you know, not nothing against his face. I'm just saying. It was, <laughs> he yeah. just said he has a weird face. <laughs> no, no. You, you, you face, said he has a weird face. Yeah, he does have a weird face, but it was just something just off about his, his look, his mannerism. I don't know what it was. It just didn't dial in for me. It didn't, it didn't fit, especially if you watch the anime, like right. vicious was literally like this very sharp, no pun intended. Vicious, like very, like very severe character, and the actor they casted, who did the best he could with the role, is like it didn't seem to physically fit the role. He seemed too British and too, like I said, Game of Thrones season two. Like he didn't seem like he was an anime villain. It just seemed like he was, I don't know, he was too big or something didn't fit with that casting for me. Struck me as very emo. That was like his whole yes, he was very emo. I didn't kind of emo in the show though, but well, in, in he was he was way. emo. I feel like he was emo in the show though, but not so. I felt like it was over the top, you know, kind of like whining and kind of, eh, and it just he was too in, maybe too dramatic in the know. show. Yeah, in the show, vicious was terrifying, and he was like, right. you know, that wasn't. You, you see him, and then he, yeah, he's and he's he's this whole embodiment of evil and then on the show it just didn't register he was just like some guy with like marriage issues i don't know he just like he wanted to <laughs> he was, daddy issues uh, i don't know and he was like trying to like every white man in america what can i tell yeah. you <laughs> i don't know just something about him just like he, he's trying to be eh, i don't know he's trying to be like this big bad guy but then he's like trying to be sneaky and then he gets like kind of like duped, like when you meet him, and like he thinks he's like, oh, there was a, you know, and he's they, they, the the elders tell him to kill his wife, and he's just like, oh, he's like kind of like already in this position, and I just like so many things, whether it's the, the how they did it and how he approached it, how he did, I just it just didn't flow. Was he that complex in the anime? Like I, I guess I don't remember a lot of the, the vicious stuff. Was he that complex? Did he have different sides to him, or was he just kind of one dimensional? I only saw. I only saw one episode. I, he was, so I don't think he was. Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong. He wasn't married to Julia in the show. They were girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. They were okay, they were, but they were boyfriend, girlfriend. They were not married though. Yeah, okay. I like they were like their boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. I'm like, who's the girlfriend? Who's the third? Yeah. person? It's a shower bath shower. Damn uh, it. I was oh, going to save that for later. That, by the way, like that explanation of shower bath shower, I'm like, I was, that makes so much sense. I was literally going to make that my sign off. And I'm so upset you brought it up. That's great. Sorry. Love it. I should, I should leave. That um, was one of the best, that was one of my favorite parts. It's a shower bath shower. No, uh, yeah, I feel so like good. he was more, he was just evil in the show. He was just evil and he wanted to, yeah. he did want to take over and stuff, but he, they definitely, Again, like Julia in, in, in the Netflix version, they gave him more. They're trying to give him more stuff, I guess, yeah. to balance. But that is my take. Cartoonish, I feel like. He was too much gritting his teeth and big close-ups of his face. I'm like, yeah, uh, he's not a cartoon character. Even the wig a bad guy. Me. Even the wig bothered me. I couldn't handle the hair. I couldn't handle, I was just like, you know, on top of him being very, like he's built with the big expressions and kind of mm -hmm. the, I was like, yeah. the hair. Just, I was like, we could have Netflix. We could have saved a little bit, a little bit on that hair. Could have did a little mm -hmm. something else with the hair instead of making it super stark white. Well, look, hey. what's it, Malfoy? Careful. Kinda... <laughs> Careful. 
Bill, you should have casted you as vicious. Bill, Bill you're you're the one distinguished. Maybe more money than I'm doing now, but you know. But it's not like paper white. I don't know. It's just like it just looked. It looked like a wig on the show. It did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 wrap this up a little bit. Um, no. What's what's your ex- I know I can do this all night. What's I'll, your expect <laughs> expectation? I, I'll sick. What's your expectations uh, going into season two? What, what do you want to see in season two? Um, I can already answer for Amanda more Ein, uh, but besides more Ein, uh, Amanda, what do you want to see in season two? Hopefully, cross our fingers of, of Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. I definitely hope for more. Uh, more interactions. I know I'm trying to, I don't want to spoil it for Ryan, (laughs) Um, but I just hope that we get, even though everyone's still kind of finding their way, if you will, and they have their own individual stories and and they're trying to find their own individual direction. I still hope we get the three, everybody coming back together still that we don't lose that, Mm -hmm. you know, what that, again, that team, that team dynamic. You know, it's not so, okay, we're going to follow Faye for most of the episodes, or we're going to follow Spike's got his own thing, Faye's got his her own thing, Jet's got to figure out his life, you know. I still hope that we don't get lost in that. Um, as much as we want the individual stories to be told, just don't forget to bring everybody together um, and, and keep that keep that team dynamic going. I hope for less vicious. <laughs> um, and I hope for a, a better, I hope Julia steps it up. um and it'll be interesting to see how that comes to play because you know that spike and julia are going to encounter each other again and how that's gonna Mm -hmm. how that's what what is it going to be this time kind of thing what's the outcome of that meeting going to be because they're going to encounter each other again but what's going to happen so um but yeah i think for megan the big thing is just making sure that we don't lose that you know that that team dynamic and i hope we get cowboy andy (laughs) i hope they bring andy in um Mm -hmm. and we get some of the other some of the other iconic uh, the other characters yeah there's the fun side characters yeah anime so because i would love to see andy and spike if they do it well um trade lines and have their interaction who would you cast as cowboy andy oh gosh um you know, I haven't really thought about that. That's a really good question. Oh man, because I've, I've I've put it out there in the universe. I'm like I should have an answer to back it up. I I, I feel like it's got to be somebody who can be just quick witted and can keep up with John Cho. I have to think about that. Cal Penn. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hope they do that. That would be amazing if they even if in a small like cameo, yeah. Cal Penn was in there. You know, you know. Actually, I have a really good one. Kind, kind of bringing it back to uh, to to John Cho's roots. Um, Stifler. <gasps> yeah, that would be interesting. Sean, Sean William Scott. Yeah, I like. Listen, I like Sean William Scott. I, I mean, if you've never seen, um, oh God, Jesus Christ, uh, no. What are you gonna say? Goon. Goon. Too. What? Goon, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, thank you for being my my brain. Uh, I was Goon. Say, I hope you don't say. Bill, Bill, Bill said it like twenty seven times. Yeah. <laughs> Goon. Uh, yeah, the the runaway. Um, no, the rundown. That was that was rundown that was the rock. Like yeah. Sean Williams Scott. Yeah, that was, that was a good movie. Very enjoyable. Uh, no, I think I think Sean Williams Scott would be perfect for Cowboy Andy. 
but no, that's uh, that's great, Amanda. Uh, I totally, I'll go quickly. I totally agree. I just want to see again more. Uh, you know, the the less time spent with these characters individually, the better. I think they work well together. Give me less vicious. Give me more Julia. Um, just let let her shine a little bit um, and not play this kind of like you know super super late blooming femme fatale like i want like give me the full give me the full version um i totally agree right um i mean it's kind of hard because i don't know where the hell the show ended off but i if i had to, <laughs> you. Um, you know just uh just keep up the fun dynamic don't uh you know it, it's a good it, where i ended off it, it's a good balance between serious fun um just just a good kind of like not like popcorn flick but like it's just a good easy brain not brainless also I'm, I'm losing my words but like just watching it and just just letting it take you away uh stronger villains even if it's like weak you know uh, my villain of the week um just stronger more standoutish villains um i don't want to say more of an overarching story but because it's kind of like you can kind of string it together pretty easily throughout the week that they're bounty hunters. Um, you know, they don't know overarching arc that really impacts individual stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know what I mean, but uh, um, just, yeah, no, I, I, I really like, and, and kind of, you know, dig more into the environment. I think they, they kind of, they gloss over a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to know more about it, uh, more about the worlds, um, sort of like the, the the way of life in, in lots of ways. Um, I, I'd like them to shed more light on that. Yeah, my one thing that bothered me less with the anime more here was showing that this was the future, showing that space travel and, and you know, uh, personal rocket ships and all this kind of stuff was like so possible. And then going to these different planets and it feels so earth like to the level of like, everyone is a Chrysler. Like what's happening here? Every world is earth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, just, just do a little, do a little better with that. Yeah, exactly. Do a little, I hope they do a little better with that. Right. Do you have a a villain or a a character from the original anime that you want to see adapted? And uh, you know, we already mentioned Cowboy Andy, but is there anyone, um, you haven't seen yet that you want to see. Yeah. Um, Ed, um, I love it whenever he comes on the show. I think that'd be great. Um, you know, no, I <laughs> honestly, uh, I, I have no, 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 no demands, whoever, whoever, and, and whatever. I don't, I don't really care. My fear is that they're going to do exactly what Amanda said. She hopes doesn't happen. I feel like so much is going to be individual stories. And then like the last two or three episodes, they're all going to come together. I think that's what's going to happen to, to yeah. as a united front against Ryan earmuffs uh, against the syndicate. Uh, you know what I mean? I say they're, they're together by the end of episode one. <laughs> no, I feel like they're together. Yeah. I feel like they're together by the end of episode seven or eight. Oh man. I say one. I mean, I I want that to happen, and I, I'm usually wrong. If you know anything about my predictions, mm-hmm. I'm always wrong. But like, I just have a feeling they're just going to do this long, drawn out, like, oh, they're gonna get, the, they're not gonna, they're gonna try and find their own thing, and eventually, at the end of the series, they're back together. It's just like 
Also, I wonder if we are going to get a series two. I mean, like they ended it in a way which is bleak because Ryan left the room so I could finally talk and I have to be mm-hmm. baby years about it. Um, it's like they ended it on a very bleak note, which I actually liked. Yeah. But I don't know if they're, we're going to get Bleak until you get to Ed. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know Ed as well as you guys. Yeah, so, but like just the energy and the vibe is like, let's, you know, you're Spike. Like, like just like the that little, whole, like. It was a little annoying. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, welcome to Ed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, I figured that. Uh, I've seen, I've seen stuff. So it's, but for me, I'm just like, I hope there's a season two. Because this show deserves a season two. It's a great hangout with these great characters. It's mm-hmm. really good. And like. Again, this was a damned if you do, damned if you don't series. I feel like some people yeah. made up their mind from the trailer that this show was going to suck. Mm-hmm. I also feel like there's people who thought it was going to be great, you know, before they saw the actual show. But that's the problem, you know, with adapting something that's such a like a historic, like iconic source material. And this is coming from someone who isn't as entrenched in the series as everyone else. Yeah, but we could have gotten like a two hour and fifteen minute movie starring Keanu hard. Reeves as Spike Spiegel For in the in the mid two thousands. Keanu Reeves, fucking amazing. Did yeah. you not see the replacements? Come on, the Elvis got signed by the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm sorry, but I mean, yeah, a movie would have been terrible. But yeah. this show is very. I think the show is really good. It's just like, I think people were like, it's not the anime. Fuck it. You know, I don't like it, you know, and it's just like, I think I, I'm, I'm still I'm curious to see if it does see a second season because it hasn't been announced yet. No, Netflix has done a hard push on social media for it, too, mm-hmm. as opposed to other shows they've done. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to see it happen, but it has to you have to center this around like Ryan and you and Amanda have said it has to be that dynamic because that's what sells the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's it's crazy because in comparison, like it's like this show had so much hype, right? And so so much writing on it. And I think you know the reaction from the general consensus is it's mixed, right? It's there's people who really dig it, and there's people who absolutely don't. And and there's that middle of like if you've never seen the anime, you'll like this, and if you've seen the anime, you might not. But that's the whole point of having adaptations is finding new audiences, right? People can be finding this for the first time and then going to see the anime later. It's like, it, it's a way for them to get indoctrinated into that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I will say that it's weird and funny to compare, but like Netflix, I, we've talked about this bill in the past and just conversation of like, sometimes they do a really bad job of, promoting things sometimes you're like wait that's on here like this is on a great example people who work with them yeah you know that yeah um but even a good example of which is like um they have a documentary series called untold and it's all these untold sports stories like one of them being malice in the palace with when um ron artest or you know are live it was meta meta world peace as he is known now um basically attacked fans in the crowd and it was one of the most like craziest moments in 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 sports history basketball history and there's a documentary about it now on netflix called untold malice in the palace like and you may not know about that and guess what it's also a series there's an episode about caitlin jenner and there's other things 
where are you finding out this information? You're not, you, you have to be following Netflix or, or constantly, you know, looking at websites uh, like deadline and stuff with this show, they were promoting the hell out of it. Why the last man was promoted really well, but it was pretty hard to like actually watch. Like you had to watch it on Hulu. And like, I know that doesn't sound hard, but at the same time, it's not as it's, it's not as, I know, like prolific or as watched as like Netflix and for it to be an FX show, not on FX, the channel, like that's an adaptation people have been waiting like 15 years for. And Hulu's like, we can't afford this. We're not doing this anymore. And like, no one watched the show. And I talk to people about it all the time. They never heard of this show. So there's this like, Netflix is really pushing the show on people, I guess is my point. I think we're going to at least get a season two. Netflix has a habit of dropping shows after season three. If they're not global sensations, I think we'll get three seasons of the show and that'll be it um, the most. Um, but I'm hoping we see, you know, same thing. Everyone's already said more iron, more, more hanging out on the bebop. I think that's all we need. Um, anyone have anything left to say about cowboy bebop before we jump into some plugs? I mean, if I'm giving it a rating, Oh yeah, let's do some ratings. Uh, oh, um, one to ten. Eins. Oh no, I was gonna say, uh, was it yeah. is it oolongs or woolongs? What's the the Oolons. currency? Woolongs. Woolongs. Um, one to ten million woolongs. <laughs> what do you rate? Well, that's that's how much they get as a bounty, right? Millions. Uh, one to ten million woolongs. Uh, Bill, what do you rate the the first season of Cowboy Bebop? Eight woolongs. Eight million woolongs. Part. Apologies. Uh, it's enough to get some dumplings, some noodles, and a couple beers. Be great. Good times. I love how the food is always a, a running gag because I know that was also in this, the anime too. So mm. I'm, just, I'm very happy, especially when they brought uh, Faye's fake mom on and she made the spicy uh, pepper. Uh, and she made the spicy pepper dumplings, and they were like, "Ooh, share the recipe with me." <laughs> I feel like they'll never admit it, but I think Brad Pitt's character in Ocean's Eleven was like based off Spike Spiegel, like <laughs> right. <laughs> Always just like, like endlessly cool, like kind of has like one mode and is constantly just hunger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rive, what's your rating? It's, it's uh, eight. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you wanted me to get more. Go, Bill. But yeah, it was, it was super fun. It's like, I, again, the most inexperienced with the anime. And it was just a, God, this is a series I needed. It was fun. It was, had its dramatic moments. The action was cool. Everything was cool about this. This is a sci-fi series I've been waiting for. It was just so much fun, man. I I, I want to, I kind of want to go back and watch it again. I say things like that and never do it, but like I would watch it again. It's a lot of fun series too. Please, I hope it happens. Right. Yeah, same, same there. I give it uh I give it, you know, uh through eight episodes, uh seven million woolongs out of ten million woolongs. It's uh pretty damn good coming out of the gate uh it's got a lot going for it and it's got a lot to make up for but it's 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 a fun it's a fun way to watch tv the, the all the characters i you know outside of vicious got no no huge complaints about any of the any of the actors or or the characters the stories are fun um it, it's 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 got a it's got a lot of potential and i dig it so, uh, yeah, that's it. Al, what's your rating? Because we want to save Amanda for last. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with Ryan. I think seven out of 10 is perfectly justifiable for this first run. Like they got to get the kinks out. I think they're going to see the feedback from fans and, and hopefully adjust if, if that's even possible. I don't know where they are in like the stages of season two or whatever, but I think um, it wasn't like crash and burn. I think they, they definitely nailed some of the things that we love so much about the original series the things that are tougher, you know, the translation, it's, it's trying to condense, you know, multiple episodes into so few and, um, you know, some of the effects and not even the effects are the effects are actually pretty great. The, the fight choreography, I think is, is a big thing that they kind of have to just figure out or maybe get someone who can translate it better. I think there's a way between actual choreography and the editing aspect i think that they can make it just a little more seamless um but yeah i i, I just i, I want to see more I, I'm, I'm hoping to see a lot more i just hope they don't do a like multiple seasons where it's like kind of like lost in space which like mm-hmm. we shit about that season series to begin with it's like on season three and everyone's like what the fuck is there a season three of this show or yeah. like Altered Carbon, where they had like they promoted the crap out of that. Then it was like, oh yeah, season two is here, Anthony Magazine, and it's just like a whisper. And it was like, what? You know, I don't want it to be like that. That's what mm-hmm. I, my big fear is that it, that's what it's going to be. I think the good thing is that there is uh, basically a Bible that they're kind of refer back to, and they don't need to necessarily make up new stories, right? They're going to alter and change and fit it in a way that makes sense. And I hope that they're going to just really pull from those original episodes and not try to, I don't know, um, try to reinvent the wheel or, or continue something that might not necessarily carry on, but who knows? I mean, this is IP for them and they're, they, they're going to want to get all the money out of it. Cause it probably cost so, so much. Amanda. So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say seven and a half. Um, I like that because I you know I really appreciated that for for me out of all of the live adaptations of any anime that I've seen this to me was probably one of the most true to the spirit in terms of the look the way the cast you know the, the casting was done you know you had even the dialogue even though there's moments here or there with the dialogue but you know they they really tried to capture and even just in the details, the the heart of Cowboy Bebop. Whereas again, you have some other adaptations that are out there that they're while they're good. Um, again, Kenshin is the one that comes to mind because I just watched that one. <laughs> Actually, I watched the movie the other day. Um, but um, it doesn't really have it's you know Kenshin as a character doesn't really have the all the aspects of Kenshin as a character, if you will, like the beloved parts of you know the goofy Kenshin. You know, you don't get enough of that. Um, whereas I feel like here you know, with Cowboy Bebop, they really did a, a great job of just trying to capture the heart of what made the anime special. So, and down to the attention to detail, um, I really do hope we get a season two because I need more of John Cho in that long hair in my life. Uh, <laughs> exactly. you know, if you, ever, if you, you call me, John, call me. Um, <laughs> um, I, but I just, I really liked, again, just, I want to see the three of them come together. Again, I hope it's not just for a brief moment, like Bill said, that's, that's the exact concern I have. Is that they're going to, they're going to make you wait for it and too long, you know, where it's like, I just want it now. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like this was, this was well done and, you know, yeah, the fight scenes could be improved. Like we've talked about, 
Um, you know, so the dialogue does need some work. They're still finding their way. Um, and what I think is also a good saving grace, and we, we talked about having a Bible to go back to, is that there are the just the 26 episodes and then the movie. Um, whereas, you know, again, you've got one piece coming up and that show's still going. So <laughs> how do you make a live adaptation of something that's still running? And there's so much content that you can get, you can fall into the trap of making so many episodes and so many seasons that people don't care. Um, I think how we'd be about having that limited edition or kind of that, that finite number. Um, maybe that might help us stay away from that, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but I, I just, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it again for the, the things, I think they're still finding their way, but hopefully we'll get a better season too. Um, and it's something I still would continue. I would rewatch. Absolutely. And uh, I can't wait for more. So awesome. John, seriously, call me though, John. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast, John. I feel like we simping, simping so hard. Yeah. Uh, well, that is that is going to wrap it up for this episode. I, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this like our first like full season review of something? Uh, yeah, it is our full season review. It's the first time we've ever done that. Netflix full season. Uh, first, I think that was our first Netflix review because we are a Disney stand podcast unrecognized apparently unloved. unrecognized unloved <laughs> uh, um, we, uh we do have some pop culture recommendations to get to i believe oh yes of course uh Real brief. man where do i start what have i been watch? oh you know what i'll, I'll do that al's gonna talk about phoenix no the, the album they haven't released any songs or albums yet no the thing as it's done I, before the done thing that i just watched was also on netflix really liked it really enjoyed it okay. tick tick boom Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut starring Andrew Garfield as the late Jonathan Larson. Um, It is an adaptation of his one man show. I think it was a one man show. No, it was a one night only. Sorry. His, his first like off Broadway kind of play. Uh, If you don't know who Jonathan Larson is, he was the guy who uh, wrote um, Rent, Rent. um, And kind of a tragic story. He actually, died on the opening night of previews for Rent. He never actually got to see his, like, basically his first Broadway show um, uh, play out uh, in front of an audience. But the Tick, Tick, Booms are really interesting. It's basically him. It's the, it's the story of him trying to write and finish his his first play that he's going to show to potential producers to potentially get on to Broadway or off Broadway or whatever. And at the same time, it's happening in the nineties. He's turning 30. It's during the AIDS crisis. He and his girlfriend are at a crossroads. There's so much happening throughout. And Lin-Manuel Miranda with his directorial debut does a great job kind of balancing all those things. Um, not a perfect job, but does a really good job. And then Andrew Garfield shines. I think he can definitely get um, some award buzz for it. Um, He sings throughout and he does uh, just a really great job. I think he's still kind of an underrated actor um, that we don't see enough of, but when he does, he kind of just shines. I I loved it. It's really good. It's, and if you have Netflix, uh, if you've watched Cowboy Bebop, this is a great way to follow it up. Um, It's not, it's not like, (laughs) It's not depressing, honestly. It's a very uplifting kind of story. It's it's great. It's about just creativity and writer's block and, you know, trying to 
you know, ha- if you have a goal and everything you do to try to reach it, it's a really great story. So Tick, Tick, Boom, it's on Netflix now. Um, go see it, I guess. Do whatever you want. Uh, Bill, what do you got? I got two real quick. First, I uh, check out my review on the popbreak.com wheel of time. The uh, Amazon prime video adaptation of Robert Jordan's expansive uh, series of books. Uh, If you were looking something to satiate your uh, hunger for high fantasy after game of Thrones, and you maybe thought Witcher was uh, probably three episodes too long, all to lead you to, okay, now here's the story. Um, this is a good series. Uh, Rosamund Pike, who was in Gone Girl and, of course, The World's End, uh, is the most famous person you're going to recognize from the show. Uh, first three episodes dropped. Uh, this, ep- I guess, our podcast is going to drop on Friday, after the day after Thanksgiving, hopefully maybe earlier. Uh, it airs every Friday after that on Amazon Prime. So, yeah, check it out. It's great world building. I thought they did a really good job, a job uh, developing character and developing narrative. It's not this high gloss, you know, just everything is world building or everything is just, you know, character and everything and, and everything falls apart on, upon itself. It's really good. And then uh, it's definitely one of those shows where you're leaving that third episode like, ooh, I definitely need more of this in my life. And then I'm going to recommend a song real quick, and it's going to be The War on Drugs. I Don't Live Here Anymore. I think one of the best songs created for 2021. Um, If you're listening to anything on Sirius, whether it's XMU, Alt Nation, you listen to any of your college radio that's out there that's still existing, like this is an awesome, very emotional song done by a band that's been around for, uh, you know, at least 10 plus years. Uh, The War on Drugs, great band. So, yeah, definitely check that song out. It's on Spotify. Add it to your playlist immediately. Oh, I love the war on drugs. Uh, so can't wait to good. Can't wait to see her now, 2021. Tim Donnelly, Danny Clinch, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you do. Uh, add them to next year's lineup. Make it happen. Uh, Rye, any uh, recommendations for the audience? Yeah. Um, just recently watched the uh, Will Smith uh, movie, King Richard. Um, oh, I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, actually, uh, very, yeah, very, very, very solid movie. Um, basically, uh, a straightforward autobiographical following of uh, future. Uh, it's a uh, you know, young Serena and Venus Williams um, sisters who become, of course, uh, Grand Slam and Wimbledon champions in tennis. Uh, shows their early years living in Compton. Uh, Will Smith plays their father, Richard Williams. And uh, just kind of shows the struggles of him pushing them through to greatness, basically on a daily basis. He is this guy who is essentially essentially came from nowhere, who just believed in his five children in Compton that they were doctors and champions, and just day in day out, him and his wife uh, standout performance from his wife and Janine Ellis. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, do this incredible job every day of working. Uh, you know, from sun up to sundown, just just putting these kids first, pushing in some ways, and a lot of a lot of people's views, uh, going to the extreme of just pushing them day in and day out to to obtain their goals, to get them to greatness, because they know keeping them off the streets is the world. Um, um, like I said, very very solid movie, great performance by Will Smith as always. Not that he doesn't put in. Uh, uh, great performances, of course, uh, but he's he's kind of on this on this path right now. He's, he's kind of channeling, 
he's channeling a lot uh, pursuit of happiness in, in lots of ways, but uh, this character is a very conflicted, different approach to it's kind of Will Smith as you've never seen him. Uh, I hate to say that because it sounds like a, like a, like a stinger for a trailer, but um, it's a uh, pretty, pretty solid. And then of course, uh, you know, it's got some good uh, solid performances from, from uh, Sanea Sydney, Demi Singleton who played the sisters Tony Goldwyn, as always, John Bernthal, solid movie. It's fairly, it's a little long, but it's, uh, it's pretty good. I definitely recommend checking it out and I'm sure you'll see something of the nature in the Oscar race later on from that movie. Amanda, what do you got for us? Well, um, did y'all know that Masters of the Universe, or Masters of the Universe dropped today? (laughs) <laughs> so no this is something that's been on my list for a while as a, as a big kevin smith fan but but for those who haven't watched it like myself what do you got for us um i really i i liked the first uh it felt short uh the first half this is this is the masters of the universe with mark hamill uh yes. i know there's there's the uh yeah because there's two versions out there i was like please watch the one with mark hamill it's it, this is the second part just dropped today i have not seen it yet that's what i'm going to do after this as i'm like oh yeah i get to watch that today um the first the first half of the show is fantastic um i like that you get a lot more fleshed out stories for the side characters um and mark hamill just knocks it out of the park a skeletor i felt like you could finally and i love it you know i grew up watching he-man and Skeletor always is kind of the, while he was a villain and you could take him seriously at certain points, he was kind of also a little bumbling and just kind of, um, you couldn't always take him seriously. And I feel like Mark Hamill really just, just brought it um, to, to this first part made Skeletor somebody that you could be like, oh, dang, okay. <laughs> you know, like for real, this is the Skeletor we needed. Um, so that's, that's dropping tonight. So we'll, we'll see there. Um, keeping on the anime vein a little bit, um, for another, an anime I would recommend to, to people is, um, especially if liking Cowboy Bebop, Trigon, Demon Slayer. Um, it is on Netflix. If you have not seen it, it is a beautiful, tragic, um, also humorous story about a boy who is trying to save his sister, find a cure for a sister who became a demon. Um, and just, um, he, so he becomes a demon slayer after his family is killed by a demon. Um, and it's so good. It's so good. Um, it's, there's also a kind of an arc right now that's based on the movie that came out in theaters and uh, not that long ago, the movie was excellent. I cried like a baby towards like the last, the last half of it. Um, even if you've seen the movie, um, you know, Demon Slayer, that they're doing this really smart part where they're releasing, re-releasing the movie again in episodes, but they're adding an extra, I think like hour and a half of content that wasn't in the theaters and it's just, it, even if you've seen the movie, it's worth watching again, really well done. Um, so if you're looking for a good anime recommendation, Demon Slayer is a, is a really good one to watch. And then I'm also um, re-watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because that, the, the next season of JoJo, I want to say drops next month. Um, it is really bizarre. <laughs> you really, it really lives up to its name in terms of artwork, uh, story, the way the characters act. Um, if you can embrace the bizarre, you'll like Jojo. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. And that's masters of the universe revelations, which is yep. now on Netflix and part two just dropped. Like I mentioned, it's a uh, Kevin Smith is the showrunner 
And uh, for those fans of Fat Man on Batman or now it's Fat Man Beyond, uh, Mark Bernardin also wrote on that show as well, his co-host. And check um, out the multiple interviews we've done on the popbreak.com account. Yeah, I think we've interviewed him like four or five times now at this point. At least. Which, uh, humble brag, Jersey represent. So that's going to wrap it up, guys, for uh, this episode of Socially Distance. Real quick, let's just get into plugs. You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. You can see some of my work, uh, photography work specifically on thepopbreak.com. And you can listen to all past episodes uh, of this show on your favorite podcasting platforms, but most specifically thepopbreak.com. Ryan, where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't stray too far from pop break on Facebook. Um, I am fairly not active on any other platform, um, but uh, you know, you can, uh, that, that's really, that's really about it with me. I don't have a lot going on. Uh, I'm kind of saving up all my woolongs to go to Mars, but spending it all on ramen. You know what I mean? I, I feel you. Um uh, Amanda, where where can people find you? Any plugs that you have for us? Yes. So I am primarily on Instagram at Amandalorian. Yes, I love Star Wars. Young Great Star Wars. name. Yeah, yeah. I get that Amandalorian among us a lot. So uh, yeah, so I kept uh, kept that. So Amandalorian is where I'm at. Uh, please also follow Mission Pro Wrestling. Again, I'm the general manager for Mission Pro. It's predominantly female owned. Well, it's female owned but it's like female, predominantly female wrestlers. We do have some men's exhibition matches here and there, uh, but it's predominantly female talent. We got female refs. We have female commentators. Um, it's just a great promotion. And if you want to see Dave LaGreca get speared through a bunch of beer cans, uh, it's on YouTube. <laughs> so um, please follow Mission Pro Wrestling on the socials. Um, please follow me at Mandalorian on Instagram. Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Um, Hope you'll have me back because I, I just this is so much fun with you guys. Yeah, well, we'll have you back for the the book of Boba Fett, hopefully. Um, yes, thank you guys, appreciate it. Yeah, Bill, Bill, real quick. Uh, if you must follow me, I'm at Bodkin Writes W R I T E S, which is basically bullshit about pro wrestling, but most importantly, retweets from thepopbreak.com, which I want you to check out every single day. Of course, this podcast is the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. We've been running for 12 years. Every single day, we're talking about film, television, music, anime, pro wrestling, comic books, digital trends, you name it. We're talking about it. Of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the pop break. Our Facebook got hacked. So that's not existent anymore, but at the pop break on Twitter and Instagram, and most importantly, follow the following podcasts on your favorite social media platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and anchor podcasts. Those will be of course, socially distanced. And the winner still is pop break TV and the way too early Oscar podcast. So yeah, check us all out. And of course, next week we start our Hawkeye review series, which will close out our second season. Incredible. Well, I am. For Bill, for Ryan, and for our special guest, Amanda, thank you so much for listening to episode 84 of the Socially Distance podcast. See you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs>